<laughs> Freeze! <laughs> Glenjamin Gl Button, you're under arrest for spoiling thousands of movies for millions of listeners. What? what? I'm innocent! No, you're not, and you're also guilty of theft. Theft? Theft of what? For stealing my heart. The following podcast contains spoilers for a police story. You have been warned. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of KFR News Radio. This is your host, Glenjamin Button, along with your host, Miguel Sexy Gusto. Oh, 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 that's <laughs> Officer Magusto to you. I stole that man's heart. You did. One way or another. Yeah, yes, yes, you did. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so how you doing today? Uh, listen, I'm I'm I've been a very busy boy today, and I'm not I'm not a fan. I hate when I run around all the time. I barely got to see this movie and hang out with you during yeah, this succulent this... time of speaking to each other. And, called and this podcast. was this was like a, a pick that you made mm -hmm. that I feel like you should have like really taken the time to sit down and enjoy. I should have taken it seriously. Instead, I'm just like an immature person who doesn't take a <laughs> podcast seriously. What am I? What are you? Ugh. Uh, well, anyway, other than the movie that we're going to... Well, and the movie we're discussing, what have you watched this week? Um, including the one we watched, I watched three movies. Oh. One we watched together, so I yes. watched one movie away from you, technically. Um, so I came across a documentary on YouTube. It was entirely a fan documentary. Uh, not paid for by any studio or anything like that. Uh, this guy was just a fan of Steve-O, it seemed, and he just... He just wanted to make a little documentary, so he compiled what seemed like a bunch of interviews that are, are found online, um, obviously out there in the world, and compiled mm -hmm. it all into one documentary that's I think is about an hour, hour and a half long, roughly. Um, and it's actually really well done for, for a guy who didn't do any of the interviews himself. He compiled it all. It was like a very nice timeline of what Steve-O... He talks about basically his whole life, um, mm -hmm. and there's just footage of just all kinds of stuff. It's kind of crazy how much work this guy had put into it, um, and it was very interesting to learn. Uh, Steve-O, for, for, for one thing you can respect him on, he's, he's absolutely got his stories straight for as much shit as that guy has gone through in his life and concussions mm -hmm. and yet That man's story is solid. Yeah. solid straight and like he, he he like you constantly hear him like repeating himself on some things because that's how down he's got his story it's like it's kind of scary like he's memorized it and like uh like it's been a script and he just yeah it's weird it's, it's kind of like when you hear uh I, I don't know if you've noticed but if you watch a lot of comedian mm -hmm. uh interviews yeah they will do versions of their joke yep within the interview mm -hmm. um and it's just kind of their way to workshop and also sell themselves a little bit. And, yeah. and it's, it's probably rehearsed a lot like those are. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, so, yeah, the documentary was good. It was pretty, for, I mean, for a fan-made one, they had, a lot of research went into it. It was pretty good. Mm -hmm. um, and then after that, uh, we watched Malignant, which there is a video on, which, I listen, I don't like to toot my own horn. What, who am I kidding? Of course toot I do. Toot away. It toot was away. A, it was such a good video. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that's on the YouTube there. And then, of course, I watched Police Story. So I want you to tell me a little bit about what you saw. Oh, yes. Well, I watched a total of five movies, including the oh. two that we watched together. 
the first one being uh, Dark Water, which is the original Japanese version and not the American remake with Jennifer Connelly. Mm-hmm. Uh, essentially, this divorced woman moves into an apartment with her uh, her daughter and uh, their house starts leaking and the apartment complex oh. does not want to do anything about it because apartment complexes. Yep. Um, and yeah, it's just kind of a, a horror movie based on that, and and you know, there's ghostly elements to it and everything. It's mm-hmm. a it's a fairly decent horror movie. Okay. Um, probably the weakest of like the whole like in the early two thousands, there was like a influx of American remakes of Japanese horror horror movies. Yeah. Uh, this was probably one of the weaker ones of that, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen the American remake, so I don't know how that is. But this one, compared to like Ringu and The Grudge and stuff, is it's okay. Um, okay. Then I watched The Card Counter with uh, our our boy Oscar Isaac. Oh, love that man. Yes, uh, and it's a um, fuck. What's his name? Uh, God, what's his name? Directed and written by Paul Schrader, who uh, mm-hmm. wrote Taxi Driver and wrote and direct First Reformed. Okay. Uh, it's essentially this guy who is a uh, career card player, yeah. you know, as the name suggests. And he runs into this guy from his past who uh, was essentially... He he was, it, his character was like the one of the soldiers at uh, one of those um, prison of war camps mm-hmm. that got uh, you know outed for being horrible to the prisoners. Uh, he was one of them, and he uh, runs into the commander who ordered him to do that stuff, but didn't see any retribution because he was not in the pictures online. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's kind of like a revenge kind of thing. And uh, Willem Dafoe is also in it. It's pretty great. Oh, yeah, it's. It's a very, for lack of a better word, flat movie. Like, there's no super intense parts, but it's, yeah. like, it's really interesting throughout the entire thing. Okay. Um, then I watched Malignant, which you can hear our thoughts on the YouTube video that uh, Glenjamin edited. Then I watched The Alpinist, or Alpinist, I don't know how you pronounce it. It's a, essentially about, it's a documentary about this uh, climber who was famous for climbing uh, ice and snow covered mountains um which is very dangerous yes yes uh and there's a little bit of a yeah a little bit about a little bit about him and how dangerous that is uh i think your friends who are into rock climbing would really like it it's it's um yeah i'll, uh, I'll pass it on to him yeah it's got a, it's my, my biggest problem with it is that it tried to be like free solo i don't mm-hmm. know if you watched free solo i haven't yet um, but I, i've heard great things even from but, the uh the rock climber friends yeah but free solo is a great documentary about rock climbing climbing something mm-hmm. that i don't particularly care about but they made me care about it in free solo yeah and this it's like it's an interesting story but in my opinion they focus on the wrong aspects of it um I it's it's one of those things where it happened in real life, so like it's not really spoiling it because it happened in real life. If you know anything about it, yeah. But also, if you don't know anything about it, it probably is going to hit you different. So I don't really want to say anything, but I I, I I feel like they focus on the wrong aspect of it and could have been a lot better if they did something else. But you know what can you do? And what uh, can you do? And then I watched Police Story, which we'll get into in just a minute. But Glenjamin Button, uh, do you have any news? 
I do have kind of a, a little bit of news that kind of annoyed me. Uh, if you want to partake. Yeah. <laughs> oh, let's do it. Uh, <laughs> I came across a little article that it might be the headline that pissed me off the most. Um, it's called, it says, Dune 2 Greenlight reportedly depends on the HBO Max performance, mm. which I can see why that is true, but also that's that's got to be like a clickbaity thing, right? It's got to uh, be. Because Dune, Dune, as far as, uh, I don't know if you knew this, but uh, Deli, or Denny Villeneuve has actually pitched to do one and two back to back, and he actually got denied for that. Uh, yeah uh, apparently there's like a maybe like a little series in the works mm-hmm. somehow um but i know that uh they did they denied the the one and two parter um because they want to see how one does and then they'll go into two depending on a obviously how box office does mm-hmm. um and then of course they're gonna put it on hbo max and they want to yeah. see how it does on there as well you so, want to hear why that's dumb Tell me. So a lot of the reason there are like sequels, especially towards the end of a franchise, is where they shoot one and the other back to back. It is significantly cheaper to shoot films consecutively than it is to break away for like a year, come back, rebuild everything. It's just it's cheaper to just keep everything, everything and everyone there. Mm -hmm. So to deny him to do that is just dumb. It's dumb, like, f- from a f- financial standpoint. You're setting yeah. yourself up for failure. So that alone, I didn't know that he had plugged to do that, and mm-hmm. that alone makes me think that they had no intention of doing a second one at all, if that's the case, because it is just significantly cheaper to to do them back-to-back if, if it is. And obviously with things like Harry Potter, they uh, have had to split it up because the kids are supposed to age, Um but like Lord of the Rings, all three of those were back to back. The Hobbits, mm-hmm. they were all back to back. It's just so much cheaper to do things consecutively. Yes. And yeah, yeah. If, it's, uh, it's dumb. if you don't mind me reading this little paragraph, oh, I go can for it. Tell go you a little bit. After getting a whopping 165 million budget from Warner Brothers and facing a year's worth of delays, it's safe to say a lot's riding on the success of Dune. Uh, the film and its upcoming spin-off series have major franchise material, but there's a possibility audiences might not feel connected to the lengthy two-and-a-half-hour sci-fi flick. Regardless of how impressive the visuals look, but regardless of its theatrical performance, HBO Max has a sizable subscriber base that will hopefully give Dune the number it needs to get Dune to greenlit. It'll be interesting to see how a film of this scale translates to the pandemic era box office and if hbo max will provide the push dune needs to earn itself a big budget sequel you know what's funny about that it would have done better hbo there is no hbo max push Mm -hmm. it's just taking away that's all it is it's taken away and anyone thinks that it's pushing is dumb you're just dumb. dumb if you think that like yes they might be getting more compared to not getting anything yeah sure whatever but Mm -hmm. shang chi has showed us that people just don't care about the pain there's enough vaccinated people out there now that they just don't care delta variant be damned people just are are comfortable going back to the movies they they do love them movies they they love the movies i mean it's yes it's still not as busy as it has been but like for a movie like dune Mm mm-hmm People are going to flock to see that. People have been waiting yeah, for that for so long. People want to see that small worm that was at the end That's of that trailer. That's a very small worm. Yeah. A very small worm. 
But yeah, the the term HBO Max push is so fucking stupid. That's mm-hmm. like saying a Disney Plus push. Like, no, you 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 stole millions of dollars from from uh, Scarlett Johansson just to yeah. it. Uh, it's so fucking stupid. Like, yes, sure, maybe HBO Max will make money and the studios will make a small percentage of that, but they would undeniably make more money if it was a theater exclusive. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, that's that's all the news I had there. Yeah, uh, as um, annoying as it is to read. <laughs> well, my my news isn't really news; it's more of a fun fact. Uh, and you know, this could completely bite me in the ass. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, when I ask you the question, who is the actor that is in Georgia the Jungle, The Mummy, and Cena Man, Doom Patrol? Uh, who is that actor? I've never heard of that man in my life. Just just say it how how you say it. Brendan Fraser. You're wrong. You're Is it wrong. Brendan Fraser. It's Brendan Fraser. No oh. sure. There is there is a MTV clip of him, kind of like making a joke about how everyone gets his name wrong, and it came up where he says, "Hi, I'm Brendan Fraser, not Fraser." <laughs> and oh. if you if you pronounce it wrong, I know where you live. And he just threatens you. It's really funny. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> maybe that was either a joke or who is actually serious. Who knows? Maybe not. Obviously, not the killing I, part. But. I I think it is Fraser, but I don't think he cares if you pronounce it wrong. Yeah. Um. But you know, if that is in fact true, that it is Brendan Fraser, which I think it is, because it's, 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 it's like a that, dumb uh, joke. Otherwise, it's like that music artist whose name is like Hosier. Or whatever, or Hozier, but like he doesn't care enough for to have people or like to constantly correct people. So he's like, yeah, call me whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's I mean, if if I had a name that people kept mispronouncing, I would do that too. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, his name is Brendan Fraser, according to that video. Which you know, again, if it's a joke, it's a dumb joke. But it's a if he's making that dumb joke, I love you, Brendan Fraser, Fraser. So. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> That's all I got. Just though. like so, him. Yeah. Let's get into police story. Police story. A virtuous Hong Kong police officer must clear his good name when the dr- uh, when the drug lord he is after frames him for the murder of a dirty cop. Mm. Uh, director, uh, fuck directors uh, as <laughs> Jackie Chan in uh, Chai Huan Chen. I'm sorry, I'm gonna pr- mispronounce a lot of these, so just get get ready for that. Uh, it's written by Jackie Chan and Edward Tang. Stars Jackie Chan, Maggie Cheung, uh, Bridget Lin. Uh, Yun Chor, Bill Tong, uh, Ken Tong is in there. There's a lot of people. I don't want to butcher your all, all their names, so I'm just going to yeah. stop there, to be honest with you. Um, so yeah, this is a movie that I had picked because I know there's a lot of movies that I'm missing as far as, you know, my agenda of uh, Jackie Chan movies that I've got to watch. For dominating his filmography. <laughs> yeah, and uh, this this was one of them, and I know this was one of his best ones, and apparently, looking at the trivia, this is his favorite film that he's done, at least starred in. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, I got, I got to get on that. And I know this was one of his most dangerous stunts was in this movie as well. No, what? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I, I couldn't believe it when I saw it. When I was watching this, I literally Googled, did anyone die in the filming of Police Story? Yeah. <laughs> 
So of course I had had to. We've got the platform for the situation to watch movies. And yes. this it was it was it was time. It was time to watch it. Um tell me, Mike, what'd you think, buddy? I had a lot of fun watching this. It Absolutely. was from beginning to end mm-hmm. just a fun ride. Uh from that ridiculous opening ten minutes in which they destroyed an entire neighborhood yeah. by driving through it. It was just, it, it's, it is the best of 80s cop movies without any of the cringe that were in like American 80s cop mm-hmm. movies. And they, um, they didn't over make it comedic or anything like that. Like, uh, uh, I, I think they, certain scenes were really comedic. I wouldn't say yeah. overly comedic. Like, they, didn't, like, they didn't like make the whole film comedic is what i meant yeah like they didn't find um, a gag every time yeah but like just the, just being the just filled with snap zooms mm-hmm. uh jackie chan's like classic humor uh mm-hmm. that he has I, I just i it was a really fun film to watch and and it absolutely was it, it surprised me honestly because like you know 80s movies are hit and miss with me a lot of the people who are obsessed with 80s movies i'm glad that they are but 80s movies are usually crap in my opinion uh and the reason i keep talking is because i'm hearing the yelling in the background and i know that you can't talk right now so uh but (laughs) sorry i had to call that out um but just the the opening sequence with the shootout where you know they're everyone's just shooting at everyone with no regard to collateral damage or casualties or anything and for a second i was just like is this serious but just the 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 lack of regard for like casualties or anything in that opening shootout Mm -hmm. and then then they uh uh one of the cops says to jackie chan is like oh they they told us to uh, make sure we don't shoot when any civilians are around and he just goes are they doing that i'm just like okay you're you're self-aware and i i know where this is going now Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah it's it's great that especially that opening sequence it kind of strapped it was like a whole drug sting that was going down and there was a lot of cops and a lot of criminals just blasting at each other and it was it was crazy so i started blasting anyway so he started blasting (laughs) literally said everybody at the same time in there (laughs) just 800 danny devitos And yeah, just the whole everything that went down in there, and then the the, obviously driving the car through the town. Well, three cars through the town. (laughs) It was absolutely crazy. Yeah, and uh, it's the the things Jackie Chan does for like a scene or anything like that. Standing in front of a, a huge bus. And just, you know, just letting, just trusting that the brakes Which work. in the just, bloopers, they showed that the guy oh, missed yeah. his, his, his mark and it, almost hit him and Jackie had to jump out of the way. Yep. It's, it's so crazy, like, how just professional he is at doing everything. Yeah. Um, obviously, there's so much more of a movie we have to talk about. But just obviously that opening sequence is, is great. Just uh, specifically going, <laughs> just bashing cars through oh, yeah. a town and everything like that. And how many people were involved. Yeah, just with that scene alone. Yeah, and I, I, I also like while this wasn't like a complete uh, comedy, I do really enjoy how it didn't take itself too seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, like you have Jackie Chan's character being kind of a a whiny dude in the beginning, um, with uh, being assigned to watch this this woman, and he's like 
trying to scare her and, and stuff. Just a bunch of goofy shit like that. That is just really only Jackie Chan could probably get away with. Like if this were any other movie, I would just be like, or any other director, writer, director, actor, I'd just be like, okay, you're trying too hard. But because it's Jackie Chan, I'm just like, it's just, it's seamless for him, mm-hmm. um, for him to go from drama to comedy, back to drama, back to comedy. It's it, just, it's, it's just his style, how good he is at it. Too. Yeah, he's Almost very good every at movie it. he does mm-hmm. as well. He's kind of like, um, in a way, I, I don't know if, if if he's he's probably been called this before, but he's kind of like a, a Buster Keaton type because mm-hmm. Buster Keaton obviously was a comedian. He was a physical comedian in the silent era, but he also had some pretty serious moments in his films, yeah, uh, and and good action moments um and and he reminds me a lot of buster keaton in in how he you know is just seamlessly able to go between comedy to drama back to comedy it's 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 brilliant to just watch him work Mm -hmm. Uh, you know who else i really liked in this movie was bridget lynn um she she was great um was she May or the... She was uh, Selena, yeah. Selena? Oh, yeah. she was Selena, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, she was great too. And um, Especially at the end of the movie where she's... she's actually fighting? Yeah, she's actually trying to help uh, yeah. Jackie at, at many points. And she's just... She's a trooper because she's doing a lot of her... Obviously her own stunts in this. At least yeah, it looks like she like is. Yeah, they through like three panes she, of glass. Yeah, she's, she's getting pushed through all these panes of glass and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just, you know, there was dedication there. It was awesome. Faux show. Faux show. Um, uh, I, what, where can we really go with this? Because it's, it's such a fun movie. There's it, so much to talk about. But... A lot of it has to do with, obviously, it's, it's fighting and it's little comedic moments in between. Oh, yeah. um, I think my favorite actual scene, um, and this, this is like, one of the the most serious parts of the movie is where um where he gets he gets framed for a murder for another like cop uh where they're trying to obviously catch this bad guy and then the bad he like meets up with this group trying to get um selena back sorry i'm fucking saying this terribly he's trying to go get selena back to get her back into the witness protection program yeah but she's being held hostage by the people um of like this drug uh, cartel basically yeah, I guess mm-hmm. you could say um, so he goes to go get her and then like he gets framed because the cartel basically shoots one of the other cops that's actually dirty and uh, hey spoiler alert I mean if you're watching this just whatever hey um, you, you heard our warning in the beginning you, you heard it but uh yeah he, he, the cop gets shot uh, they use Jackie's gun and then you know it catches up that oh Jackie Chan's character shot a man he uh, is under arrest if you find him. So he goes back to the precinct and he's like, I didn't shoot that man. And then like it gets super serious because now you're under arrest. You're going to jail, yada, yada. And like he takes uh, the captain hostage and like it's this whole serious moment. It was it was kind of like a nice uh, breath of fresh air of like how mature it got really quick, how serious it got. Yeah, I mean, obviously it went back to its you know comedic moments eventually, but yeah, it was it was cool to like it was like a serious moment actually in this film where you're like, oh, this isn't him fucking around. This is actually very serious. Like it's, it's just that quick. That was like my favorite moment in the movie as far as that went. 
But my favorite scene was the telephone scene where he's trying to eat some ramen and he keeps oh getting calls. God. That, that that's was the so shit funny. that I'm talking about. That's like it, it's very Buster Keaton esque, where yeah. it's just it's 100 physical comedy. He's not saying anything funny. Mm-hmm. It's just everything he's doing is hilarious, and it's just increasingly getting more and more ridiculous what he's yeah. doing. Um, but th- that this movie's filled with a bunch of that. Uh, like the the climactic fight scene in the mall mm-hmm. starts off pretty normal, and then it just keeps getting crazier and crazier and crazier to the point where someone literally gets onto a motorcycle that I'm sure the keys aren't in there, but somehow they get they get it on. Yeah, and and j- just just to trip Jackie Chan with, not not to like do any. They're just trying to trip him. Yeah, that that's all they're trying to do. <laughs> And then just the glass being broken. So much glass was broken. Uh, I read a trivia thing that... Yeah, like, I'm reading that one right so, now. <laughs> yeah, so much glass was used. To, the crew began calling it glass, uh, the movie Glass Story. Uh, and it's just, you know, it's it's it goes to show how Jackie Chan views the importance of comedy. Mm-hmm. Because like what he's doing, what the choreography is from all of the actors is incredibly complex and and serious. But then they have all this glass just being broken to just to be kind of not like laughing and stitches funny, but like mm-hmm. uh, it, it is just makes it so ridiculous. And for him to be able to like distract people away from their great choreography just for a little laugh just goes to show a lot about his character yeah he's easily one of the best you know masters of you know using props in any of his scenes that he's in Mm -hmm. um and i this yeah like i said before earlier this was one of those movies where obviously he had one of the craziest stunts that he had and uh the the one that most people probably know is where he's sliding down the pole, going through all those like string lights and mm-hmm. other types of lights and stuff. He actually like burned the living shit out of his hands. I can doing imagine. That. Yeah, so like he didn't have wraps on his hand. He literally just jumped down that pole and you know went down yeah. like a fireman, and then basically was on fire. And then continued once he got to the bottom, continued his scene trying to go off and fight dudes. Mm-hmm. Once he got there. And I know he's got another stunt there, uh, if I'm reading this. He was uh, actually hospitalized after following a stunt where he flips over the balcony and crashes through the glass and light display. I think I know which one he's talking about. Oh, and yeah. It says he was not breathing afterwards. The well, dedication hey. this man has to his stunts and his scenes, and I, yeah. obviously all of his team that he has, uh, is impeccable. You yeah. know, If I, I remember correctly, he got up and walked away after that, too. Yeah, that was the 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 pole slide one. I think he did. Well, no, he got the the away. jumping over the balcony, crashing through the uh, the, the glass. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Um, granted, I'm sure they cut like as soon as he was out of frame, mm-hmm. uh, or maybe it was just such a smooth cut that I didn't notice that it was yeah. two takes. Um, but yeah, that that one like every time he got up, I was just like, Jesus Christ, Jackie, yeah. is it really that worth it? Yeah, uh, he... and he's he's got a vision. You gotta you gotta give him that. Like mm-hmm. this, st- he I personally think, and this is just my opinion, and uh, you know I don't care that he does this. It's his it's his body. It's his life. I think the amount of danger he puts his body in, no movie is worth that. But if he thinks it's worth it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, who am I to tell him he's wrong? I I think it's crazy. I I would never ask anyone or hey, do he's that made myself. it this far. <laughs> yeah, I mean he's obviously now, doing yeah. something. He's doing something right, but like, 
you know, if if he if he was as young as he is in this yeah. now, and I saw that, I'd be like, dude, you gotta slow down. Yeah. Hey man, but, do you have a death wish or? <laughs> yeah. Are you? Do you just do a bunch of cocaine? And yeah. <laughs> no, no, I'm good. I'm good. Um, yeah, this. Uh, his... For the record, I do not think he has a cocaine addiction. No. I was just making the joke. Uh, yeah, his his dedication to his films is absolutely insane, and like mm-hmm. he always has my ut- utmost respect. Um, Same. I I think it is it is hilarious. Basically, I don't know how he started his career. You know. I know there was he was kind of one of the stuntmen in one of Bruce Lee's films where he gets kicked in the chest by Bruce yeah. Lee or something like that. It was Enter, Enter the Dragon, I believe. Yeah, and then, and then it sparked that whole interview where he's like, I just wanted Bruce Lee to hold me <laughs> after. <laughs> and... Uh, I but like I don't what's what was like his first breakaway film you know <gasps> breakaway film like uh, where sure. he got started is like this this star really I heard because I don't he kind of it made me think during this movie like where did yeah. Jackie Chan come from like he <laughs> well, just Hong kind of Kong. he came well, from yeah, Hong Kong <laughs> he kind um, of just popped up you know after yeah. you know being a stuntman obviously he this I mean I know this probably isn't true but I always heard that he started in porn and I don't think that's true at all oh he took um, the Sylvester Stallone route <laughs> yeah uh, and I'm not 100% sure that one's true either but you know it, I believe that one more than Jackie Chan doing yeah. it um, let's see so as far as on American radars it might be this um, I'm, I'm just going through his filmography right yeah, now so oh right. Drunken Master probably for, for American audiences yeah uh that one is like the first big name that I recognize. I could be wrong. I'm not a huge kung fu movie fan, so there might have been like there might be someone out there who's just like you idiot. It's the the hand of death or whatever. Um, hey, listen, I'm just curious. I, I do yeah. want to know. Yeah, but uh, the first one I recognize is Drunken a- Master. Attack of the Kung Fu Girls. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, but he's he's great, and I I just love that he's beca- became this like huge international star, yeah. um, that no one really dislikes. He's just a fun performer to watch, um, and yeah, I know he I there's is I know he is disliked for more or less his political views, but like we're not gonna touch that at all <laughs> here or in China, uh, in in China. Oh yeah, well, that, I mean, I mean he's, he was obviously born and raised in China, so well, he's he, obviously he was, got those political views. It's it's a little different because he was born in Hong Kong, which at the time of his birth was a uh, a British um, colony. Mm-hmm. So it, it it was under British rule for very long. So they don't have the whole communist background that the rest of China has. But again, we're not getting into that. Yeah, uh, we but, love you, Jackie. But Chan. regardless, I love Jackie. Yeah, I think he's great. I think I always I always love his movies, no matter which one. I I do want to watch his earlier career, even earlier than this one. This one was 1985, right? Yep. Yeah. Um, I do. I I just want to see where this man just kind of popped up from. I really. This makes me want to do more homework. Yeah. And you know, I know he's got some more uh, some more good movies in there. Yeah. I'll have to let you do that, and then tell me which ones oh, I no, should watch. No problem. Because I like kung fu movies, but not enough to like sift through a bunch of bad ones. If you know what I mean. Absolutely. I mean, you've um, watched Drunken Master, right? I have not. I that's just oh. the the first one oh. I recognized. Hey, 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 hey. Drunken Master. Hey, don't. <laughs> 
don't do what I did to you for like the first 10 years of our friendship. Do I just throw 367 movies at you at once? Well, no, just like anytime you, you say you haven't seen yeah, a movie, yeah, you go, yeah. oh, oh. <laughs> oh, what an idiot. <laughs> hey, now you know how it feels. I also said 10 years when we haven't even known I know, each other. it's been <laughs> maybe eight, not yeah. even. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this was great. I don't really have too much. To say. It was just such. It was way more fun than I expected it. Yeah. The poster is misleading because it makes it look super serious. The um, poster also makes it look so American for some reason. This poster, the one that's on IMDb, yes. If yeah. you look at the Criterion one, mm-hmm. uh, which is like him hanging off the bus with the umbrella, I feel yeah. like that is a better yeah. indication of what kind of film this is. Um, it's. <laughs> I just passed one that's the phone scene. It's a <laughs> it's a police story poster that is just the phone scene. <laughs> nice. Uh but yeah, I I had so much fun watching this. It, mm. it was I laughed way more than I thought I did. I was into the action way more than I thought I did. I'm like most people and I know people are going to think I'm crazy for this. I turn my I stop caring when there's action usually. Mm-hmm. Uh it takes a lot to impress me with action anymore just because of how many movies I watch. Uh, but this really impressed me with the action and to the point where, like, you know, I laughed because there were three cars going through this poor, poor, poor slum of a village. And, uh, you know, that people just died. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's at least a lot of people that died. In there. Yeah. I mean, at the very least, chickens died. Yeah. That's for sure. Poor chickens. Um, but yeah, I got nothing else to say about this. Yeah, I think we're, we're good. Yeah. So that brings us to the judgment segment of the episode. Uh, as always, it has to be a unanimous decision for it to be a little shelf boy with the likes of Apostle and Handmaiden. Uh, Glenn, this was your pick. So you get to go first on whether or not this becomes a KFR shelf boy. I think it's pretty simple to know that we both enjoyed this movie a lot. Yeah. yeah. Uh, knowing that you surprisingly liked it a lot makes me feel better, and I obviously I, I think we know where this is going. Uh, it's a yes for me, definitely. Oh, well, it's I'm, a no for me. Oh, thank God. Uh, no, no, I just no, didn't no, want no, to no. be the one to say no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. This, this really surprised me. Uh, I, I didn't know this was on the Criterion Collection. Like, I, mm. knew, I knew it was on the Criterion Channel. Yes. But what people need to realize is the Criterion Channel is different from a Criterion Collection. Mm-hmm. Uh, criterion Collection is a little bit more nitpicky than the Criterion Channel. I digress. Uh, but when I found out this was on the Criterion Channel, which was after I watched it, I was like, okay, that makes sense. This is a really good film. Yes. A fun action cop drama comedy from, from the 80s. Uh, so, yes, this absolutely goes onto the shelf. Perfection. Perfection. So, Police Story makes it on the shelf with the likes of Apostle and Handmaiden. That brings us to our plugs. Glenn, it's your yeah. week still, so why aren't you oh, telling me your plug yet? Perfect. I'm here to tell you about it. Um, and you know what? While I'm at it, let me look up something real quick. <laughs> uh, uh, very recently, uh, there had been a... And I'm sorry, I'm about to get a little weeby on you. Oh, um, fuck. There had been a Japanese manga artist by the name of Kentaro Miura um, who created this story called Berserk. Uh, I had plugged a song of Berserk uh, at one point during our little whole podcasting thing. Mm-hmm. Um, he actually passed away in May. Uh, I don't know if I talked about that or not before. But uh, they just issued the last ep- like uh, chapter of his story that he has made specifically. And I know they are making uh, plans of continuing or not continuing. It's kind of up in the air right now. Uh, they're kind of going through his stuff, trying to figure out what to do 
now. But his last chapter just went uh, live the other day, and it is now the 13th when we're doing this. But um, chapter 364 is up. Um, so that's going to be mine, Is if, if anybody cares you know, about uh, that manga at all. Berserk was really good for what I... Yeah, I know this doesn't cater to Mike in the slightest, but no, if anybody no, does care, Berserk was a really good story, and I don't read manga ever. I'm not that deep into that <laughs> Yeah, that style, and I'm, I'm so content and sad in my life. But Mike, <laughs> what about you? What do you mine, have? Mine is going to be a little bit more uplifting. Uh, this is going to bring out your inner child, if oh. you will. Uh, there is a uh, you know a plethora of competition shows out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I stumbled upon this one about a month or two ago. Uh, I've been waiting for this moment to plug it um, because the season finale of season two will be on Hulu by the time this episode airs, uh, and that is the competition show Lego Masters, oh. uh, with uh, hosted by Will Arnett. It mm-hmm. is a competition show uh, where people are assigned little projects that they have to build out of Lego. Uh, and they do. And they, it's, they really it's, do what they, these people do with Lego is remarkable. Uh, and it's just really fun to watch. Uh, it's, it's kind of like, you know, it's got the feeling in a way of great British bake off mm-hmm. uh, for anyone who's watched that where like, no one's really against each other. Everyone's rooting for each other. Uh, whereas a lot of other competition shows, they they try to create fake drama. They don't try to create yeah. fake drama in this. Um, they just kind of they explore the anxieties these people are having, but they don't try to have people butt heads. Yeah, it's not there's like a, chopped or anything. Yeah, there's a few playful rivalries, but they'll also at the same time be like, "Yo, that was a great great build that you just did." Like, yeah. I, I'm so impressed. So it's just a really wholesome show to watch. Uh, it's really cool. Uh, two seasons of it are on Hulu by the time that this airs. Complete it, seasons. It's really nice to that it's hosted by Batman himself. So yeah, Lego Batman, and uh, he—I he, mean, he's just goofy. Mm-hmm. And, and you got to remember, this is primarily a family show, so it's yeah. it's kind of cheesy at points. That's it right. is somewhat catered to children, uh, but you know, it's also catered to adults because all the co- contestants are adults. Mm-hmm. They also um, say that the bag is like age eleven or like. T- five to 11 yeah we all know it's for us yes 37 year olds hey legos are timeless in my opinion as as long as you won't (laughs) choke on it you can play with it um but yeah so that is lego masters on hulu it's also on fox uh but you know i most people are probably gonna watch this on hulu absolutely june 1st last season's number one new show is back with a bang! Bigger challenges. I am freaking out nervous. More insane builds. You're gonna have to build like you've never built before. And a competition. Get your brick on! Like no other. Lego Masters Season 2. So, Lego Masters, that is my plug. That brings us to our assignment for next week. It is Roulette Week. Mm-hmm. So, for those of you who are not in the know, we spin the roulette wheel, the giant roulette wheel of all the streaming movies we have access to. And we spin it three times, and we pick the best option out of those three spins. And it's a very real roulette wheel that I'm going to spin for the first time <laughs> right now. <gasps> Bittersweet. 
A 30-year-old Egyptian goes back to Egypt after living in America for 20 years, where he has a hard time coping with the difference, especially after he loses his identity and all his money and becomes stuck in Egypt. That is on Netflix. Uh, it is directed by Khalid Marie, written by Khaled uh, Diab, uh, is starring Ahmed Helmi, Edward, Amy, Samir Ghanem, and Lofty Labib. As always, I apologize if I mispronounce any of those. Uh, and that is on Netflix. Uh, it's got a 8 out of 10. That's a pretty good rating for a movie a I've never rating. heard about. Um, so, yeah, that is Bittersweet. Spin number two. <laughs> Trailer Park Boys, the movie. Uh, that is also available on Netflix. It is dr- written and directed by Mike Clattenburg, also written by Rob Wells, starring Rob Wells, John Paul Tremblay, Mike Smith, and Lucy Decatore, uh, or I don't know. It's, she plays Lucy in it. She, If you've seen Trailer Park Boys, you know who she is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Trailer Park Boys in the movie. Uh, Ricky, Julian, and Bubbles come up with a scheme to steal large amounts of untraceable coins. That kind of sounds like Bitcoin a little bit. <laughs> um so yeah, Trailer Park Boys, the movie on Netflix. Spin number three. In the Family, that is available on Netflix. So we got Netflix. We haven't done Netflix in a long time, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Uh, the original title is uh, Ale Arisinda. Uh, life, in a, of, life of a singer, her daughter, and her friend change when they meet a divorced man. It is directed by Osan Akitan. Written by Guza Berzel. Uh, starring Engin Gunyadin, Demet Evgar, uh, Erdol Oziyalikar, oh my goodness, oh, oh, fuck, uh, and Dever Miyakut. Uh, let's see if I can find out where this is. This is a Turkish film that explains why my dumbass is being exposed right now. Um, so yeah, those are our three. We have uh, In the Family, Trailer Park Boys the Movie, and Bittersweet. What? A collection of films. <laughs> I know. I'm not disappointed like I've been other years. Um, or other other weeks, but... Any other time, I'd be happy watching Trailer Park Boys. That's hilarious. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's such a <laughs> random choice. Yeah. Um, I, don't know, I might be okay with Bittersweet, to be honest, as well. That is what I'm leaning as well. Because that IMDb you. score has got me wondering. It's got me wondering as well. Uh, so, yeah, let's just uh, pull the plug on it. Not pull the plug. Push the well, plug? Yeah, let's make let's, it a plug. <laughs> let's, let's make it a plug. So, Bittersweet, that is going to be available on Netflix. Uh, for a reminder, a 30-year-old Egyptian goes back to Egypt after living in America for 20 years, where he has a hard time coping with the difference, especially after he loses his identity and all his money becomes stuck in Egypt. <laughs> Oh, 
Uh, that's available on Netflix. That is our assignment for next week. Thank you, everyone, for listening. As always, you can check out our website at www.keystonefilmreview.com. Uh, on Instagram, we're Keystone underscore film underscore review. Twitter, Keystone underscore film. Facebook, Keystone Film Review. YouTube, Keystone Film Review. TikTok, whenever Glenn decides to start that, <laughs> Keystone Film Review. And on Letterboxd, I am Mike KFR. And I am Glenn KFR. And that will do it until next week when we watch a comedy based in Egypt that is presumably Egyptian. Uh, that's all I really know. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.